Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. Our guest this week is Louis Gravance. He is the author of Service is a Superpower, Lessons Learned in a Magic Kingdom. We are going to talk all about all the lessons that he learned uh, from Disney about customer service, but how to apply them not just to customer service in your life, but to all areas of your life uh, and, and just how to take that next level, that next... You know how Disney, when you're walking around Disney, that has that just that next little touch? How to apply that to everything in your life. So that's coming up in a second. Uh, we also going to have two quick pieces of intelligence. But first, a quick word from our sponsors, including Rocket Mortgage. The Intelligence for Your Life podcast is presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life, Rocket can. Once again, want to say thank you to Rocket Mortgage for making today possible, as well as all of our sponsors. Uh, here we go with two quick pieces of intelligence you can share with your friends. Forget having cereal for breakfast. It actually makes the perfect bedtime snack. I like cereal any time of day. The carbs in the cereal increase levels of the brain chemical serotonin, which makes us feel happy and relaxed. And as far as the milk in your cereal, well, it has the amino acid tryptophan, which your body uses to produce the sleep-regulating hormone melatonin. But in order for tryptophan to make you sleepy, it first has to come across, has to make it across the blood-brain barrier, which it can't do on its own very well. It needs the help of the carbohydrates, which the cereal has. Plus, there's calcium and magnesium in milk, too, both of which are calming. Put it together, and cereal with milk makes a great bedtime snack. You know what, folks? I will have cereal literally any time of day. It is my favorite snack. Middle of the day. I had, a, I had cereal for lunch today. So, uh, you know, just, uh, I just want you to know I'm an early adopter of this. Here's one more. With all the time we're spending on our devices these days, almost everyone experiences occasional eye strain. I had to change my contact brands because of this. Uh, we can get rid of it with a pinch, though. Literally, just use your fingers to pinch the flesh at the top of your nose between your eyebrows. There is a natural acupressure, acupressure spot there called the third eye point. And practitioners say that if you firmly pinch the spot for 45 seconds, you'll increase blood flow to the eyes long enough to help them feel less irritated. Try it. Pinch your third eye point to combat eye strain. Okay, folks, here is my interview with Louis Gravance. Louis Gravance, uh, author of the book, Service is a Superpower, Lessons Learned in a Magic Kingdom. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We really appreciate it. It's really my pleasure. So, okay, uh, you have this book, and your mandate we were talking before is about giving people the opportunity to learn the lessons of uh, of your, you know, the giant organization that you worked for. I don't even know if we're allowed to talk about it, but the word "magic kingdom" yeah. is in your is in your title. So, sure, no, uh, uh, you you know, you designed the training for for Disney's World Resort. Um, and I have to say, like, I love, I love theme parks. I love amusement parks. Amusement parks. Mm -hmm. There is something, mm -hmm. and I'm not alone in this. There is something magical that Disney is able to provide that I can't put my finger on in terms of what makes it different from going to other places. But it is patently different. It's both in the design of, of the layout of things, like the way that the way that your eye moves from, you know, style to style as you turn corners and uh, all of those like little nuanced things. But also in the service and mm -hmm. you really your mandate is to provide the lessons from that and so that anybody can provide that level of magical service i mean i guess the the only question i have is how do you do it like honestly how do you how do you get what is the secret sauce the first of all is to realize something we're really clumsy about i think as americans i believe i've come to know is, is we're not good with the the concept of empowerment through service 
Mm. We don't. This is something that we're not good at. And and just because Disney came with it, uh, a language of magic, a language of believing, a language of wishing upon a star. And then, interestingly, Gib, the 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 initial people that created this kind of training came from the military. Mm. So so you had people that knew how to create culture and they knew how to create it fast. And then with it came this language of making dreams come true and, and creating magical memories. And you put those two together and that was really came that really became the skeletal foundation of what was originally known as the University of Disneyland. And uh, and I spent 25 years at Disney um, and I, I am on the East Coast at the Walt Disney World Resort. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and nobody starts being a trainer there. You know, I, I was a child actor until I became too hairy to be one. <laughs> and then just sort of lost everything, which is sort of why the, the book is prescient. Because what I talk about is how, you know, I, I, I was on TV for 12 years, lost everything, couldn't play kids anymore, and I became a waiter. And uh, a lot of people right now might be finding themselves in situations where they have right. jobs or tasks that they did not anticipate. Right. But this is where I learned that service was a superpower and I had no waiting skills. And I knew and I was kind of clumsy and I knew I was going to be found out. And I thought I better I better act like I know what I'm doing. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to act like I work at Disneyland. I'm going to be so gracious. I will be so overly nice. I will gesture with an open palm. I will be, but nobody will notice what a lousy waiter I still am because I don't really know what I'm doing. And it worked. And after about three years of acting like I worked at Disneyland and understanding the power of service, I get this call out of nowhere asking if I want to go work at Disneyland <laughs> as, a, as a singing mortician outside of the Haunted Mansion to uh, <laughs> entertain guests in line. And then one gig led to another because you could really, you know, you dreams really do come true at the, at the Walt Disney Organization. And uh, I ended up being a performer in Florida before I became a trainer. You know, everybody starts their first day at the Disney University at this class called Traditions. And for many thousands of people, I was the human bazooka of pixie dust that was... You know, just, just you know, un- unleashed like the kraken on these on these people. And what we did was also to your to your question is, we invited people to believe. We invited people to be part of a narrative. And when you walked in that training building, we made sure that there were artifacts from TV shows mm-hmm. and rides and movies from every generation, from every gen- so that there was something that immediately would emotionally connect you either with Walt the brand or the first time you saw one of the movies and and that's where we started and then you know it's about also bringing the power of good to business and disney's lucky because they have that magical lexicon that they don't right you know i i thought i want to take all the stuff i learned at disney when we start consulting other people when i went to work at the disney institute and did the training for businesses and i wanted to take that and the spiritual teaching that i had done in my private life and personal life, and I wanted to put those two together, you know, in my in my endeavor to explore um, empowerment through service sure. and, and the the power that there is uh, in in moving your life forward through serving something other than yourself and 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 serving customers, exceeding expectations. Yeah, I mean, and there, there's something kind of brilliant in what you're talking about, and it, and what Disney as an organization does. Um, you know, you talk about you talk about how you just 
how the how they give you a relationship to the brand as soon as you mm-hmm. walk in on day one. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure this is true, or it might be apocryphal, but I'm pretty sure this is true, that every CEO has to spend a day in the Mickey costume. Not in the Mickey costume, but they do have to go to that first class and they've got to sit next to who's ever going to play Alice in Wonderland, who's ever going to be a custodial person, and they've got to sit through the class and they got to leave the phones out. And, and um, that's where we learn how we because we we flatten the hierarchy on that right. day. So right. everybody starts at the same place. Everybody learns that the four most important words are safety, courtesy, show, efficiency. Yeah. In in that order so that there's a, a common language. And most of them loved it. Right. Well, because it connects you to, you know, wh- where the quote-unquote rubber meets the road. So no matter where you are in the organization, you understand the value of what and and you you say like obviously Disney has this advantage and that it has a magical lexicon, but you're mm-hmm. connected to that magic from from minute one um and i and and while i love that about disney and i think it is it is unique i i I do want to get into the idea of okay i sell plumbing parts Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. do i connect to the magic at every level of my organization uh in order to make that work or i mean i love your story about being uh, about you know faking being a waiter with superior service Mm -hmm. the irony being by providing the superior friendly service, you actually make yourself a great waiter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not, not to to jump the lead there, but um, mm-hmm. the but how do we how do we as as we've lost our jobs as we are uh, reframing the jobs that we do have and trying to get more uh, economic activity out of fewer clients? How do we begin to apply that magic to every area of our lives or but other realize- businesses? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. We have to realize that it's not what we're doing, it's what we're being. And what we everything that we're selling or providing has an emotional backing that we're probably ignorant of or not ignorant of but we but we've let go. You know, one of the things I also helped do was I opened up one of the Harry Potter worlds in or, in Orlando. Mm. Uh, the shop where the magic wand experience happens, where the wand selects the child. I don't know if you know much about Harry Potter. I mean, I um, know a lot about Harry Potter, but I've actually, believe it or not, never been to the world yet. And it's something I want to do. Well, what we did was we replicated, they, I should say they, replicated the scene precisely that goes on in the book, in the movie, where the wand picks the child. Mm. And we replicate this and you walk in and it looks exactly like it does in the movie. You're hearing the same music mm-hmm. that you're hearing in, in the movie. The scene is played out. Ollivander comes out and does the scene precisely, picks a child out of a very small group. They do the scene precisely as it goes with Harry. You know, there's two misfires. And then when the child touches the wand that has selected them, the entire room lights up and this heavenly chorus comes out of nowhere and, and their hair starts to fly up from, from air ducts under the ground. Mm. And, and, and the wand keeper goes, Oh, this wand has chosen you. <laughs> and then, and, and then, they, you know, and then they play the scene out exactly. And then, and then the attendant walks the family out and says, congratulations on being selected. Will you be purchasing your wand today? Now, we have to realize this is a stick, a fifty-five dollar stick. <laughs> you no, know, I know, I know. Yeah. So what we think we're selling and what we're really think of all the people that will never be thanked that touch that stick, mm-hmm. that are part of the process from turning it from a stick to a wand. At Disney, we used to say, 
Okay, what kind of day are we going to have? Is it going to be magical memories or is it going to be robots and rubber heads? Because it's both. So the first thing we have to do is realize that there's always an emotional backing of what it is that that we're providing and selling. And everybody should think of themselves. I've been saying this for years in my in my talks and seminars. We've all been self-employed for a long time. That's important. Realized it. That's important. My buddies who are in sales and and when they first started in sales, like, oh, man, I couldn't do what what you do. I, I couldn't be a salesman. And their first line to me was. Everybody is a salesman, and the sooner you realize that, the more successful you'll be. Um, and and it, all it's business super is show business. Right. There's no business but show business. And, and uh, that's why it's part of – there's a workbook in, in the book that I wrote, you know, the 10 skills of the service superhero. When you're in a ditch and you've got to climb out and say uh, – you know, first of all, a lot of people right now that are trying to reinvent themselves have 15 important things to do. And when you have 15 important things to do, it's hard to get to the first one. So at Disney, we would isolate and identify, identify what we call win, what's important now. And usually that is the thing. And this is what I would tell people when you're, you're, you're you know, maybe you're, you're back playing Nintendo like I have been for a little while where I hadn't for years. And you've got to get you got to get back into that sink, back into the sink. Literally do the first thing that is physically in front of you, even if it's just cleaning the keyboard to the computer Anything that moves forward and the other thing that you're not going to want to do, you know, this whole we're working from home. I love how everybody talks about working from home like it's easy. Like, okay, well, now we're just going to start working from home. There is a discipline to working from home. And it took me three tries. I would get reabsorbed into Disney or I'd get reabsorbed into a company like Universal. It took me three tries. And I, and I, I outlined this in the book. And one of the things that you do. Just like Disney would say about costuming, if you're going to work professionally from home, right, 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 you have to costume yourself professionally. There's from actually home. A, there's a term for that. It's called enclosed cognition. Really, I should know that. Yes, enclosed. Co- oh my! So that's where that you you embody the values associated with what you're wearing. Um, you be ready for for something great to happen, so you could walk out that door at any moment. But you know what else, though, Gib. It sends a message to the other people in the house. And this is another thing I want to hit on, which is that it's real easy for the family right now, especially if you're keeping in your pajamas or your casual wear, to think that we're in perpetual weekend. So that when you do have to work, it's the family members that you're suddenly, you know, you're either barging in their day or or they yours. You being dressed for work sends a message about compartmentalizing the day. Mm-hmm. And will also change the way that they treat you working at home. Yeah, I mean, I think that, and I think that's accurate. So, like, if you're if you're trying to find a new job or you're trying to build a consulting clientele uh, uh, Rolodex, or you're trying to turn your current job into uh, more responsibility, or whatever. Um, while you're going on the job boards, put on the suit you would wear for the job interview. Get dressed like you're going to work. Do yeah. all of those things so that you that you approach it as though this is your work and it will change the perspective you have on on what you're doing. I, and I tell people roll their eyes when I say that. And I can only speak from my own experience mm-hmm. about the difference that it made. It was part of creating structure. Mm-hmm. And people right now are trying to create a work structure from home like they never have before. Yeah. And so, again, you know, 
I, for years, we, you know, companies would come to Disney and would lay out, well, now you need to do this, and this is how you need to set up your, your service culture. And, this, and I thought, you know, people should have this, you know, people who are self-employed. And since we're all self-employed, everybody needs a, th a service theme right. that moves – yeah, and that, that, that moves them forward and, and can, can uh, use these principles. But we have to harness this thing that all that is given is – and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to get kind of metaphysical and pixie dust on you. All that is given – is ultimately given to ourselves. There is, it is virtually impossible to exceed a customer's expectation and not exceed your own or on some level, whether you can see it in this, this measurement of time or not. You know, the, 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 the cause and effect of service is again, something that we're, you know, there's so much data on what service will do for your company. Like um, there's just, just so many metrics about, you know, if you can get your customers to rate you at 90 percent, what what it will mean to your to your bottom line. I mean, the, the, the metrics are very, very precise, but yet we have no metrics about what does it do for the person providing the service? Mm -hmm. Is there you know, is there a benefit? Does it swing back? What does it do for the way the person carries themselves? What did you know? Is there a causal effect reality? To service, and I think there is. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it through the people that have worked through the Disney organization, and hopefully, you know, both these things. The Disney name will give me credibility to share this this uh, this concept I've had for years that I learned from myself. Yeah, I mean, and again, you know, this this idea that we are all self-employed. In, mm -hmm. and and how and how valuable the notion is to what you're talking about of um you feel better when you provide great customer service you feel better when the person that you're dealing with walks away happy and doesn't feel fleeced now there are sociopaths in business right <laughs> who who just love feeling like they're winning at every at right, every right, deal right. and making the other person feel like they're losing like they, those people exist but for most mm -hmm. of us you know the the key to good salesmanship is to see the need and good invention and good corporate sponsor and good corporate relationships is to see a need that you are filling for your customers, and and, that's, and the joy you yes. get from that. You just what exactly what you said. Nobody is looking. Nobody's sitting around going, you know what? I'd really like to hire more people. I really need. Right. But they are saying I have problems that need to be solved, mm -hmm. and, and that's another great way to think about yourself as you're going into the market because you don't want to look desperate and you want don't want to feel desperate. So realize that you have the ability to solve somebody's problem, and the way to get your hand together on that is think of a client wherever you've worked before, a client or a boss whom you've exceeded their expectations in the past, somebody that has seen you as successful, connect with these people. If for no other reason besides the obvious, the, the potentials of networking, you need to see yourself through those eyes. You need to see yourself through the eyes of people that know you as successful, yeah. people who have had good dealings with you. And this is the same that's true right now for, for businesses that can't connect with their clients or don't feel like they can. This is where the social media thing might actually be a sword that could cut to our benefit in that this gives us a great opportunity to find, locate, and communicate our, our super fans, mm. our super fans. And, and again, communicate, you want to communicate with people that see you at your best, but also very few small businesses don't have a way 
to personally knock out a 45 second video to their their super fans, their 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 most loyal contacts. And you, what you want to say is, you might you know you have to realize that you're still relevant even though you might not be practical. So, and there's a difference because people right now are all afraid that oh, my business isn't going to be relevant anymore. You're still relevant. You just might not be practical. Mm. And so you want to communicate that to your super fans that when you're ready, when they're ready to come home, you're ready, which is why Disney opened when it did in the way that it did and why, it, you know, they had 10% capacity and were losing money being open. They needed to show the world in various ways that when you, you feel comfortable coming home, they're going to be ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we need to be doing that as small business owners. But again, if, if, if I'm thinking of myself as self-employed for the first time, start an outreach with people, even if it's a teacher, if you're a young person, teachers that saw the best in you, counselors that saw the best in you, coaches that saw the best in you, connect with people that have seen the best in you. Wow. I mean, and, and that's that's super important right now, right? Like, for even if you don't run a business, you know, you said you you, you have super fans. Find those people that, and you are you are uh, you are needed. What is it? What is the word? Needed? Not re just not relevant right now. What is the? You might not be practical. Practical. You're you're relevant. You may not be practical. Um, yes. So I love that. I love that distinction. And I think there's a lot of people right now whose jobs they have lost. You know, who, who have lost jobs. Who who are trying to again reinvent themselves who feel like, I know, even if you understand that you lost your job because of uh, a pandemic, even if you understand that you lost your job because of an erosion of revenue, uh, you still feel, you, you can know it in your head, but in your heart, that really hurts. And and I think, like, first of all, it's a great reminder. And then what I love about what you're saying is this active, emotional reminder of your intrinsic value. So that I think is fantastic. Like calling up that coach, finding that person who you were successful for. And that's maybe it's maybe it's the boss of your summer job in college or whatever, and and connecting with them about the work that you've done that has been relevant and needed and necessary in the past. And look at look at the eyes. You know, like they say this. You know, look at the eyes through the eyes of somebody that loves you. You know, mm -hmm. it's it, it's sort of uh, an extension. It's an extension of that idea, but it's going to be vitally important, I think, because there's going to be people that found themselves in the situation I did, which you might find yourself in a job you didn't necessarily want right. at this moment. Yep. And the most important thing is to not blow it off. No matter what gig, for lack of a better term, you get, be great at it. Yeah. Be, be, I mean, just be, you know, we've all had the Uber driver. That's just magnificent. Right, right. And the, the thing is, is excellence seeks and finds other excellence, Gib. When you, you never know who you're serving, when you're serving them. Right. But excellence always seeks and finds like-minded people. And that's the other thing to remember is that you don't have to invent an answer. You have to discover the one that's already there. Mm -hmm. That's a great, that's a, and it's, you know, that's a truth in all of our, our myths and our and our and our Disney fairy tales and fairy tales in general. It's like in the Wizard of Oz at the end. You know, it's like, what do you mean she could have gone back to Kansas anytime she right, wanted? Right. What do you mean? We could have, what do you, What do you mean? And Are you allowed <laughs> to make reference to MGM movies as a former Disney employee? Is that even legal? Well, when I worked there, it was Disney MGM Studios, so oh, I'm covered, man. Wow. Okay. Right. <laughs> 
But the idea is, the concept is, you know, truth is not a matter about, or, or success isn't necessary, or happiness isn't about finding something that you don't have. It's a, it's a matter of accepting something that's already truth. And, and, and this is a line that runs through our great faiths, our great religions, and our great fairy tales. It's about accepting something that's already there somewhere. And at that point, it might be great to embrace our ignorance at this moment because you can't put a ship in a bottle till it's empty. So it might be good to just take a moment and realize, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. For just this minute, can I just sit here and not know and just sort of embrace the fact that, you know, I'm falling in and yeah, I'm going to put out the parachute, but it, for a minute, it's okay to realize that you just don't know everything at this moment. I mean, oh gosh, yeah. I mean, what's so funny is, uh, you know, this was supposed to be a conversation about uh, about how to <laughs> use corporate practices to improve your own personal uh, role in the marketplace and in, in the job marketplace. But really, at its core, and what you're telling me is that it's about being personally empowered and being and finding that excellence and that care in everything you do. Uh, and that leads to the excellence in the marketplace. That leads to the connection that you're talking about with each individual customer. So whether that customer is a potential HR representative that's going to hire you or or whatever that may be. We should see these things as being connected. Yeah. We should see these things as being connected. We create you know, c- customer service code language because we're not really comfortable with talking about the emotion. The first consulting I got, gig I got after Disney was to rewrite the training for Bank of America. And I'm allowed to say that. I mentioned that mm-hmm. in the book. And that was the whole idea. How are we going to bring emotion to the banking industry? And what was amazing to me was that they had not done what Disney had done in that they had not mined their story. They had not mined their truth. When you come into Disney, man, you know, we tell you everything about Walt that we can. And we, I would even reignite his, la- uh, uh, reenact his, what he said the last night he was alive. Well, I was amazed that people that worked for Bank of America had no idea how it got started, who started it, that it was some guy that went door to door in San Francisco, checking the calluses on people's hands to see if they really went to work. They had this amazing uh, narrative to invite people to board that had never been mined, and they they didn't know how to talk about it. They didn't they didn't know they they didn't know how to talk emotion in banking, and um, so we created a program called uh, the Bank of America Spirit, another word they had never really used, but they found great power in it. Yeah. And they had tremendous results, you know, on on a on a practical and fiscal level as well. You know, what's funny is I'm thinking as you say that, and I'm thinking about other brands in banking that have managed to do what you're talking about. And like, you know, Wells Fargo did such a good job of it in just the one image of the stagecoach, uh, the stagecoach vault taking currency from, you know, one frontier outpost to another. And like, mm-hmm. you, you get a sense of the history of the brand from that. Uh, and, and, and obviously, like the, the Madison Avenue people stuck with that for a very long time. So there has to be value in that. And that they were able to figure out that that's that that's resonating with people, and that is kind of that's kind of the genius of what you try to do at Bank of America. Yeah, but see, this is the thing: is these great brands realized for years that this kind of psychotechnic worked with their audience and worked with their customers, which is why it amazed me and continues to amaze me how sloppy they were at messaging internally. 
Yeah. That they, this, this is, you know, this is, you know, one of my missions. <laughs> right. In life. And, uh, but yeah, I do, I do want, and I don't, you know, I don't like to get, and I do not traverse into religion, but I want people to bring their spirit to work and invest mm-hmm. in their spirit and realize that uh, an investment of yourself is an investment in yourself. And so, yeah, that's why I was saying I was able to sort of use the Disney magic speak right. to get people in a context where they could ingest the rest of the message. It's sort of a covert metaphysical message. <laughs> right. But Louis, to your point, like, so, so we need to be doing that. I mean, maybe I'm speaking ahead of you here, but don't we need to be doing that for ourselves, right? Tell our own origin story, rekindle our, our own, you know, all like that. That's the point of talking to that old coach or that boss that you had, uh, you know, at, at your summer camp job, what have, what have you. And, and, and finding that intrinsic value again in the sourcing of your own story. That's why I created a workbook with 10 steps about how to start and how to create your own personal mission statement using the correct words of value. All the things that we would tell industries, you know, we can do as individuals. And, you know, there are 10, 10 skills of the surface superhero. And the first one is serving with intention and creating your intention and, that's all the training is at Disney the first day is setting intention. And um, so that's the first step. And, and the last one is remembering, remembering with who you are and what you're willing to be. And, uh, and the ingredient that runs through all of them is humility. Yeah. It's, that's the, 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 uh, the pixie dust, if you will, that makes all the other skills work. How do you so? Uh, how do you balance humility and aspiration? Because you know you you talk about this idea that that you need to like you you have an excellent story. You you were a performer. You ended up waiting tables. Not an uncommon path in the in yeah. in the performing arts to wait tables between gigs. Obviously, it's it's a trope. Uh, and then you turn that into an understanding of service. Then you get, but you happen to go to this organization that is multifaceted and happens to have its touch points be the performing arts. So then you're able to bring that performance back. So that part of you didn't have to die. Um, right. And there's a lot of people who are in jobs right now who are taking the taking jobs or doing work because out of necessity with a dream that are, they're completely disparate from the dream inside of them. And so um, I guess two questions, how do you balance humility with wanting something different for yourself and then how do you believe that you can find that spark, that kindling of inspiration in any job? Like if I'm cleaning toilets, can I, can I feel like a performer while I'm cleaning toilets? Well, we were, we were able to do that pretty well at Disney with the custodial people. You know, and part of that is feeling that you are moving any narrative forward. Some people, Pun it's intended. really great for them to... <laughs> sorry, couldn't help it. Yeah, oh, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot, so um, sorry. No, it's totally cool. Um, but that's an interesting... I just want to say that's a very interesting balance that you, that you just mentioned, that that that, that balance of... And what I call it is of doing and not doing at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, it's, it's sort of the martial arts concept of when to have great power by, by doing nothing mm-hmm. 
and the balance of using force at the correct time and creating and creating that balance and being right, part of, right. you know, and being part of a, a rhythm that's always going on. You know, you sort of you have to think somewhere. Somebody has figured this out, what I'm trying to be, what I'm trying to do. There's somebody here on this planet, even close to me, that has the consciousness I'm trying to get. So, so the idea is somebody is somebody's figured out how to think about this. And for some of us, for some of us, it's easier to act our way into a new, new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, it's easier to think our way into a new way of acting. And I think the first thing is to realize which one of those people you are. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. You know. Yeah, so for, so for some of us, we, we have to mentally prepare ourselves and imagine ourselves in that position, and then our behavior will follow. And then you're implying that for other people, it's the opposite, that you have to start behaving a certain way, and then your mind realizes that's what you're doing? See, that's, that, that's the way I, my mind has to work. That's the balance that I have between mind and body, that I, yes, I have to, I have to physically, I have to, I have to make some movement. I have to, it's easier for me to to think my, to um, act my way into a new way of thinking than to, and I, you know what I love, I love people that have the, the inner serenity and that power that can think themselves into a new way of acting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's tough for me. I mean, I, I, I try to go over those skills in the book as well. Um, that doesn't come as easy to me. You know, like there's people that when they want to find, and here I go in, in a metaphysics again, but when they want to reach their, their, their true core, there are people that are really good at meditating mm-hmm. and, and, and finding that center. And then there's people like myself that have to make some sort of sound. <laughs> right. You know, either through, you know, the chanting or some sort of rhythm. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a real left brain, right brain situation, left soul, right soul um, equation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, I wonder if that if there is a way to if people do you actually do you have a way for people to figure out which version of themselves they are? As I know, so many people there are like there's lots of <laughs> there's lots of like gurus who will tell you take that first step, and that is definitely your mo, right? Is take that first step uh, in embody in, in, in clothed cognition uh, is 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 a, is is part of this right where you you dress and you prepare your day when working from home in the same way that you would if you were working in an office you act as if you work at disney while you're while you're waiting tables and then you are uh and next thing you know you end up working at disney um but then there's the like you said there's the other people who meditate on the concept and internalize it into their subconscious mind and from there their behavior is adjusted accordingly so i guess is do we know can you know without just dipping your toes in the water which version you are and is there a risk in just assuming you're one or the other and seeing how it goes you know i i have not considered that i've not considered what would be and i'm sure somebody has there's got to be some sort of personality test Mm -hmm. that would that would indicate um i'm i'm not uh schooled in, 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 in any method that would tell me that. Um, right. I always say when in doubt, move forward. <laughs> when in doubt, move forward. Now, remember, I also said something about embracing ignorance because that's part of the balance is, is again, it's that it's, it's moving and letting go at the same time and finding, finding that, 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 that 
point in the metronome where you're right in the center. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, again, I think, I think this is part of, I think you just do stuff, man. I think, I think you just got to do like, you've got to, you've got to start applying these principles that you lay out in your book and, and act. I think the acting thing, acting as though is, is really, really fun, fundamental. And if you don't know what you are, I think that's the shortcut. You know, I think I think for people that are mental, that they, yes, they can figure that out and they can do that in their mind. But for for I think for most of us, uh, even for the people that end up being those mental people, it's important for us to just uh, start somewhere and and, you, and 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 like your thing, clean your keyboard if you have to, just to start your day. You just used the right word a moment ago, being. And I just, I'll hit that again. It's not what we're willing to do. It's what we're willing to be. And, and isolating and identifying the difference between that. There's a difference between what we're doing and what we're being. And to your, to, to your explanation, you know, there's, there are people that clean up after the parades. In fact, if, if you're going to – okay, here's a perfect example of that. When you're going to be a trainer like I was at Disney for several weeks – they have you do tasks. They have you clean up after the parade. They have you clean hotel rooms. They have you work in the laundry for all the hotels, which mm-hmm. is amazing. And one day... Is that um, amazing? It doesn't sound amazing. It, it was amazing. Uh, that's a day I'll never forget. So one day, I'm supposed to go behind Tomorrowland and make pizza with this lady at the Tomorrowland Terrace, who I find out for 19 years, all this woman has ever done is work backstage at Tomorrowland Terrace making pizza. Now, I was pretty cocky because I just finished the laundry and the cleaning the toilet. So I thought, okay, this is sweet. And I'm humming to myself. And it was sort of like that, that Lucy show, you know, with the candy where things roll out and you had the paintbrush and you had, you had uh, it, the dough would come out on the sort of conveyor belt thing and you'd paint it and then you'd throw cheese on it and you'd send it to the left or you'd send it to the right. And I'm just treating it like a video game and I'm having a great time. And this lady who's done it for 19 years is watching me just sort of be flip about it. And she comes up and she goes, honey, honey, uh-uh, 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 baby, uh-uh. She goes, you got to get that cheese all the way around that pizza real even because if you don't, it ain't going to be good show for my guests. This woman never interfaced with a guest in 19 years, and yet she knew the difference. She she wasn't just making pizzas. Wow. She was part of creating this this experience. She was part of putting on this show, and she knew it. She knew what she was being, and and it was it was something I never. And I've got I write that story in the book. As a matter mm. of fact, it's like, you know, just like what are we being? Same as is it a stick or a wand? Yeah, a lot of this is a state of mind. So if it's plumbing supplies, it's not it's not it's not plumbing supplies. It's not an O ring. It's you know it's 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 a conduit sealer. You've got to look at yourself as as doing as acting as though what you're doing, adding that extra bit of importance to what you're doing for the end customer experience. So whether that's HR, whether that's your direct supervisor, whatever that is. You're I think bringing that's health the, and safety yeah. to the people that you're serving Yeah, with that, with that, with that plumbing. You're enriching. I, this is what I always, you know, and I, what I tell people that, you know, work in banks, I go, right now, somebody's got a business, Somebody's bringing a baby home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. Somebody's getting treatment they need. Mm-hmm. Somebody's seeing something they always wanted mm-hmm. to see because of you. 
And when was the last time you even thought about your job in that way? When was the last time you ever stopped for a minute and thought about the lives that you're changing every day, every day, every day, every day, and not aware of it? You know why? Because there's a difference between a task and a job. This pizza lady knew the difference between her task and her job. And there's a great wisdom in that. And this is what I try, also try to do in the book is how do you isolate, isolate and identify the difference between your task and your job? I mean, I don't know. How, you, how do you do it? Well, exactly what, exactly what we're talking about. Find the emotional backing of whatever right. it is that, that, that it is that you're selling or, or, or providing. Mm. You know, if it's food and nourishment, if it's medicine, whatever it is. Right. Safe transportation. Uh, fulfilling, you know, like Disney is not shy about saying that their product is happiness. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's their core product. We sell happiness. You know, that, that Prozac is going to give them a, a run for their money. <laughs> <laughs> you think, yeah, you think Netflix is Disney's business. competition? It's a, it's Pfizer. <laughs> that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, but also Netflix is selling good living. You yes, know, and yeah. and right now, in an interesting way, they're selling safety and security, and because right because you stay home and watch it, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I look, I love, I love this concept, and I think, I think it it gives us such a great tool for us to reframe the environment that we're in in a way that allows us to. I mean, in, if nothing else, it allows us to mentally retake control over our circumstances right now, and I think that in and of itself is incredibly valuable. Uh, the book is Services a Superpower, uh, a link to where to buy it in the show notes. Um, uh, Louis, I, I know you're t- I, I'm, I'm going to let you go here, but I, I got to ask you two, two more questions. Aside from the book, where can people follow up with you? Uh, they can find me at greatkeynotespeaker.com because that's the domain I own. <laughs> <laughs> link to link to that so just website in the show notes. Yeah, just go to them. greatkeynotespeaker.com and <laughs> and 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 you'll the opportunity will arise but also Amazon mascot I I, I think you can even get it like a, pretty much anywhere online but but the easiest place and I think to be honest with you Amazon has it on sale right now so <laughs> All right. So link link to the book in the show notes and also link to <laughs> greatkeynotespeaker.com in the show notes. Louis, one last thing and I ask it to everybody what is one thing we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better? Turn off the television. Ah, I love the TV. Why? Why are, we tu- why are we turning off the television? Oh, because it's just yelling at us right now. And yeah. you know what else it's doing? It's playing on our, and it's playing on our fears as opposed to our values. Ooh. And and that's what that's what it's doing right now and, and because we're all we're ha- we have a shared context mm-hmm. right now that we have not had since 9/11 mm-hmm. where everyone in one way or another whatever they're doing breathing right. being is being colored by one single right. thing so we have a shared context right fair enough very true all right uh well louis gravance thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate it thank you for being so gracious that's it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Uh, folks, if you want to find us, you can find us at Facebook.com slash John Tesh. We go live there all the time. We're always updating, putting videos and stuff. It's a, it's a good time. 
So go ahead and check that out. John is also on Instagram at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I try to respond to every message, every DM, every mention of the show, especially because uh, I do the show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs>